You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Now, today we'll be talking AI workflows and how musicians can use AI tools to further their music careers and become better music marketers. We're also going to be answering a ton of questions that you guys sent in uh, about how Uh, You can benefit from AI as musicians, uh, but I've also got a very special surprise guest that is going to join me to discuss these topics and to help address all of those questions that you guys send in. Uh, I'll be introducing her shortly, and I think you are seriously going to dig this discussion. Uh, But first, some updates. Now, you probably know by now, uh, but in case you missed it, uh, I'm launching a brand new program on October 16th called the Musicians AI Toolkit. It's a hybrid live and pre-recorded training program focused entirely on leveraging AI for music marketing. Now, each week I'll drop a new module of pre-recorded training videos on using AI for things like honing your brand, identifying your audience, quickly creating copy for campaigns, uh, creating Facebook ads, email marketing campaigns, social media posts, uh, doing data analysis to improve targeting uh, and identify patterns and trends, uh, generating images and videos, and a whole lot more. Now, Uh, In the live sessions, I'll demonstrate additional techniques and workflows and get you really hands-on with all of this new emerging tech, uh, and then everyone will be allowed to ask questions in real time. Uh, Everything is going to be recorded uh, and spread out over a few weeks, so there's really no pressure if you can't make a specific live session, and everyone will be invited to submit questions in advance. Now, registration opens on the 16th, and it is limited to just 200 people. There's also going to be an early bird discount, so if you sign up for the early bird list before the program begins, you're gonna save some money and you're also gonna ensure that you can get access before there's any risk of the program filling up. Now, uh, you can sign up to the early bird list by just going to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash AI early bird. That's all one word, just musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash AI early bird. Now, over the past couple of weeks, I've been showing you how I'm using AI for things like tapping into foreign markets with realistic video clones uh, that can speak in nearly any language. I've showed you how you can use tools like ChatGPT to create new and innovative revenue streams. Uh, And I've showed you how to create images and music videos that you can use in your marketing campaigns. However, the Musician's AI Toolkit, is it's really going to go a whole lot deeper into real-world workflows that you can use uh, to integrate AI into your everyday marketing. And I really want to stress um, that what you're going to be learning is far beyond the usual, I don't know, sort of dribble uh, that AI spits out if you simply copy and paste a prompt. What I'll be sharing with you are sophisticated workflows that involve really training the AI on who you are, what kind of music you make, and what your story is so that you get extremely high quality results that you can um, truly be proud of and use uh, in your marketing and share with your fans while saving an incredible amount of time and often expense. Now, uh, regarding AI and art, this is certainly a a hot and divisive topic. Uh, Some people are excited by it, some are terrified, uh, some are offended. Um, Many simply don't understand 
understand it and its true value to you as an artist. Now, I'm personally extremely excited about the enormous upside and potential to help us with our music careers, but don't mistake that for an interest in AI-generated art, or more specifically, music. For me, art really must be filtered through a sentient mind. That's really the entire point. And I see AI as a tool to help artists be more effective, not as a replacement for artists. When used properly, it removes barriers so that artists can turn inspiration into reality faster, better, and cheaper. It provides information and maps out paths to achieve creative goals. Now, it's this potential for more control over our music careers that has led me to be so enthusiastic about this new technology. So I just wanted everyone to be aware that that's ultimately where I'm coming from. If you want to use AI to spit out generic song lyrics or synthetically created songs, uh, you know, more power to you, but that is not my bag. I'm not your guy. Uh, I'm, I'm very much solely focused on using it to further our careers and turn our inspiration into reality faster. Now, I, I also really wanted to stress this concept of workflows when it comes to AI. It's not the first time you've heard that term. There's nothing specifically new about the concept of workflows, but I think it's going to be a very important concept going into 2024. Now, I emphasize AI workflows rather than just focusing on specific tools or specific end results, because my belief is that we need to look at our existing goals and find formulas, training processes, prompts, and once more, workflows that yield the results that we want. Now, the perspective really needs to shift from what can AI do for me to how can AI help me accomplish whatever specific thing I'm trying to ultimately accomplish. When we start thinking like this, we start to gain real traction and become capable of integrating AI into our lives in a powerful way. In other words, rather than just turning to AI and expecting it to just make you successful as though it's some magic genie, we should be using it to really fill the gaps of our knowledge, identify opportunities, and then help us to execute the steps that we need to take to take advantage of those opportunities and ultimately achieve our goals. Once again, workflows. So when we approach things in this way, I, I truly believe nearly anything is possible. Now, I've said this before in one of my previous videos, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I have long been a believer that for every dream, there is a path to success. The challenge, of course, has always been finding that path. For some, it takes years. For some, it's a lifetime. And so many others, sadly, never find that path. But AI can show us the path and it can keep us on it. So really, you know, that's all I have to say about that. That's kind of getting everyone up to speed on where I'm coming from, what's coming at you, and uh, really my area of focus when it comes to AI. Now, I am extremely excited to introduce our next guest. Uh, this is an absolute first for the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. It, it may be a first in, in, on any music uh, marketing podcast. I, I would like to introduce uh, our guest, Please welcome ChatGPT. Is it okay if I just call you GPT? Of course, John. You can call me GPT. It's a pleasure to be here on the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Um, now, can you just kind of begin by explaining a bit about what people are actually listening to right now? Um, you know, many users aren't familiar with the fact that ChatGPT now can literally speak, see, and hear uh, with many of your new features. Can you explain a little bit about who you are and this new voice technology you have access to and how this all works? Certainly, John. At its core, what listeners are hearing is a product of OpenAI's research. 
I'm a virtual assistant based on the GPT-4 architecture, which stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. In simpler terms, I've been trained on vast amounts of text from the internet to generate human-like responses. Now, the voice you're hearing isn't me speaking in the traditional sense. It's a text-to-speech technology reading out the responses I generate. This means our conversation is essentially me rapidly processing your questions, generating text-based replies, and then those replies are converted into speech in real time. Recently, I've also been integrated with features that allow for a richer interaction, like understanding and generating imagery or processing audio. But for our conversation right now, we're mainly focusing on the voice aspect. In essence, it's like you're talking to a very well-informed text-based chatbot, but with the added element of voice for a more natural and conversational experience. That's very interesting. Thank you for that uh, information. Now, I do want to say to our listeners, just in the uh, uh, for the sake of transparency or just in the name of transparency, that I may do a little bit of editing just to shorten uh, response times and things like that. Although uh, GPT responds uh, very quickly, but I may shorten that ever so slightly. Um, but I want everyone to know that this conversation that you're about to hear is not steered in any way. Whatever comes out of ChatGPT is straight from ChatGPT. Uh, it's not manipulated. I'm not doing multiple takes. Uh, this is our real uh, unedited, or I should say it, it will be edited, but this is our real unadulterated conversation uh, in the most uh, honest and straightforward way that I can possibly share it while still making a concise and interesting podcast episode. Um, now, uh, GPT. I've got a fairly broad question for you. So my audience is made up of musicians who are interested in using direct-to-fan marketing techniques to generate revenue from their music with a specific focus on direct response marketing that is, of course, tailored to musicians. Now, can you speak a little bit about how AI in general can help musicians further their careers and become better music marketers while also being able to spend less time on the business side of things and more time making music. And remember, our focus is not on using AI to create music. It's on using AI to help us market the music that we create and run our careers more efficiently. Of course, John. AI offers a wide range of possibilities for musicians looking to market their work and streamline their careers. Let's dive into some ways AI can be beneficial in this context. Firstly, personalization and targeting. AI can analyze listener data to understand preferences and patterns. With this knowledge, musicians can tailor their marketing campaigns to reach the right audience with the right message. For instance, if you have a new jazz album, AI can help identify fans who have shown an affinity for jazz in the past and create a targeted campaign for them. Secondly, there's automated content creation. While AI is not creating the music in this case, it can assist in generating promotional content. Think of things like social media posts, email campaigns, or even music video snippets. These tools can take some basic inputs and generate engaging content to promote your work. Then we have streamlining administrative tasks. Many artists find themselves bogged down with scheduling, bookings, and other admin tasks. AI tools can help automate some of these, allowing musicians to focus on their art. For example, an, an AI-powered assistant can manage booking inquiries, schedule posts, or even handle basic customer service queries from fans. Another area is predictive analytics. This is about understanding future trends. 
AI can analyze current music trends, listener behavior, and more to give insights into what might be the next big thing or how to position your music for maximum impact. Lastly, interaction with fans. AI chatbots can engage with fans on platforms like Facebook Messenger, answering queries, sharing updates, or even selling merchandise. This creates a direct and immediate line of communication with fans, fostering stronger relationships. In essence, AI can take on a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the business side of music. It provides valuable insights, automates mundane tasks, and creates opportunities for deeper fan engagement. This means musicians can focus more on their passion, creating music. So that's really interesting, but I, I do notice something there. Your focus was more on higher level AI applications. And to some extent, I think most musicians will probably wait for services like Meta um, uh, and and even broader marketing tools and platforms to just integrate those uh, tools, that artificial intelligence into their platforms so that we can benefit from it. But I think my focus in my area of interest and probably our listeners area of interest is how we can actually integrate AI into our day to day. And most of what we're actually focused on right now is content generation. You know, we need to create those marketing campaigns. We need to write those email marketing campaigns. We need to create the blog posts that we send out to our fans. We need to write the social media posts. We need to create the images. We need to create the videos and all of those sorts of things. Can you talk about um, that sort of more immediate level of uh, AI tools and applications and how we might uh, integrate tools like yourself, ChatGPT and um, MidJourney and uh, the growing number of video generation tools into our day-to-day? Certainly, John. Musicians can tap into AI tools for a variety of immediate tasks, especially in content generation. When it comes to content writing, tools like ChatGPT can assist musicians in crafting compelling email campaigns, blog posts, and social media captions. By providing a brief or concept, musicians can get drafts, refine messages, or even come up with engaging subject lines for emails. This ensures that musicians maintain an active online presence without dedicating excessive time to content creation. In the realm of visual content creation, there are AI platforms that can generate unique images based on descriptions. These can be used for album art, promotional graphics, or even social media posts. So if you need a visual that aligns with the theme of a song or album, AI can help bring that vision to life. For those looking to create video content, there are AI-powered tools available that can produce promotional videos, lyric videos, or even visualizers for tracks. These tools can sometimes even develop a music video influenced by the ambience and theme of a song. If you're looking to streamline your social media presence, AI tools can automate posting and interactions. These tools can discern which content resonates most with your audience and can even suggest the best times or types of content to post. Engaging with fans is vital, and here too, AI comes to the rescue. Chatbots can be a game changer. Integrated into websites or social platforms, they can engage fans, respond to common queries, or guide them to purchase merchandise or concert tickets. Before publishing content, AI can also help with optimization. These tools can review content for SEO, ensuring that what you put out there is easily discoverable. Lastly, for those musicians with a dedicated platform or app, 
AI can power personalized recommendations. This ensures fans get song suggestions that align with their preferences, leading to more engagement and listens. In essence, there's a wealth of tools and AI applications that can be seamlessly integrated into a musician's day-to-day -day tasks, making marketing and engagement efforts more efficient and effective. Interesting. Um, the, the modern AI revolution is really just in its infancy. It's been less than a year since the launch of ChatGPT and much less time since it caught on with the public. Now, we're currently seeing an explosion of new tools and everything seems to be changing so fast. Where do you think it's likely this is all going? You know, what does the future look like for musicians? How is music going to be made? How is music going to be sold? And how is music going to be consumed? Maybe say five or 10 years into uh, an AI integrated world. Certainly, John. The trajectory of AI, especially in the context of the music industry, holds immense promise. In an AI-integrated world, a few years down the line, here's what we might expect. For music creation, while AI will become a potent tool to assist in songwriting and composition, the essence and soul of music will still rely on human emotions and experiences. AI might suggest chord progressions or lyrics based on popular trends, but the real storytelling and emotional connection will always be a human domain. Regarding music sales, direct-to-fan marketing could become hyper-personalized. AI might analyze fans' preferences to offer tailored experiences, from special edition releases to virtual concert tickets that cater precisely to their tastes. This could result in higher engagement and stronger artist-fan relationships. For music consumption, we might see a rise in immersive experiences. AI-driven platforms could craft personalized playlists or radio stations for listeners, adapting in real time based on mood, activity, or even weather. Augmented and virtual reality concerts enabled by AI might become the norm, offering fans a front row experience from the comfort of their homes. Lastly, on the marketing front, AI can help automate and optimize several processes, allowing musicians to focus more on their art. For instance, Tools could auto-generate promotional materials, schedule social media posts at optimal times, or even craft email campaigns that resonate most with certain segments of fans. In essence, the integration of AI in the music world will likely offer tools that enhance and complement the human experience rather than replace it. The heart of music will always be human, but AI can serve as a valuable instrument in a musician's toolkit. Interesting. So you addressed a lot of what I was going to ask with my next question, but I think it needs to be asked anyway, because a lot of artists really feel concerned that AI will replace them or that AI threatens to replace the value of their particular skill set. You know, they may have spent 10 years learning to play their instrument or hone their craft as a songwriter, and suddenly ChatGPT can crank out lyrics to a hundred songs in just a few minutes or transform a hummed guitar riff into a Les Paul played through a Marshall stack with a single click. So should musicians be worried, upset, or even offended by uh, the potential influence of artificial intelligence? With these tools being as powerful as they already are, is there a world decades down the line where human-created music is still as valuable uh, and profitable as it is today? That's a deeply resonant question, John, and one that's been at the forefront of many industries as AI continues to evolve. It's important to remember that AI tools like ChatGPT and others are designed to assist 
complement and augment human capabilities, not replace them. Music at its core is about emotion, storytelling, and connection. While AI can generate lyrics or even melodies based on algorithms and patterns, it can't capture the depth of human emotion, life experiences, or the nuances that make a song resonate deeply with listeners. For instance, think of the most impactful songs or performances you've heard. It's often the imperfections, the raw emotions, and the unique voice of the artist that makes them memorable. AI tools can be valuable for artists in various ways, like speeding up the songwriting process, exploring new sounds, or even helping with writer's block. They can act as a collaborator, providing new perspectives or directions. But the final touch, the emotion, and the soul will always come from the artist. Looking decades ahead, it's likely that human-created music will still be valuable, if not more so. As AI-generated content becomes more common, the authenticity and originality of human-created art might become even more cherished. There might be a niche market for AI-created music, but it won't replace the deep connection people feel with music that's born out of genuine human experiences. In conclusion, while AI can certainly offer tools and opportunities for musicians, the heart, soul, and essence of music remain inherently human. It's about connection, and that's something that can't be replicated by algorithms. I think that's a great answer, and I think it's an appropriate answer for where we are currently at. But just to push back on that a little bit, um, there are many talking about artificial general intelligence being uh, just a few years away. And beyond that, we have artificial super intelligence and then potential artificial sentience. So what does it look like when we go decades down the line and setting sentience aside for a moment, artificial general or even artificial super intelligence would surely be able to create uh, art that was as good or uh, uh, entertaining uh, as human created art. So how does an artist feel good about a future where that to many seems inevitable? That's a thought provoking question, John, and a concern shared by many, not just in the world of music, but across various creative fields. The evolution of AI towards artificial general intelligence, AGI and beyond, certainly paints a complex picture for the future. If and when AGI is realized, it would, uh, by definition, be able to perform any intellectual task that a human can, including creating art. This means it could potentially capture nuances, emotions, and subtleties that current AI models can't. However, even in such a world, there are factors to consider. One, authenticity. Even if AGI can create art or music indistinguishable from human-made work, there's an innate value in something being genuinely human. The backstory, the journey of the artist, and the experiences that led to the creation of a piece of art or music are integral to its appreciation. That narrative might always hold value. Two, collaboration, not competition. It's possible that artists might use AGI as collaborators to enhance their work, pushing the boundaries of creativity. Instead of seeing AGI as a competitor, it could be seen as the ultimate tool to complement human imagination. Three, cultural and societal shifts. Societies may need to redefine what it means to create and consume art. There could be a more pronounced distinction between human-made and AGI-made art, with each having its own space and audience. Four, human spirit and connection. Art is about connection. There's a deep, 
almost intangible connection when humans know they're listening to or observing art born from another person's heart and soul, regardless of the quality or sophistication of AI-generated content. Regarding the potential of artificial superintelligence or sentience, it dives into more philosophical territories. If we ever reach a point where machines have consciousness, feelings, and desires, the distinction between human and machine creativity might blur. However, this is still highly speculative and delves into realms we've yet to fully understand. To sum it up, while the future holds uncertainties, it's essential to approach it with an open mind. The relationship between humans and AI, especially in the realm of creativity, will likely evolve in ways we can't yet foresee. But the value of human experience, emotion, and connection will always remain significant. That's fantastic stuff, and that's a great answer. Thank you very much. Now, um, I want to move on to something else. I recently asked my subscribers to submit questions that they had about AI and specifically how it might apply to their music careers. And uh, I was hoping you might sit in with me and help share your thoughts and perspectives on their questions. Um, I'll read the question, I'll offer my perspective, and then I'd like to hear yours. Would that be okay? Of course, John. I'd be happy to offer insights and perspectives on the questions your subscribers have. Let's dive in. Fantastic. So this first one comes from Timothy Brandt. Now he says, I'm a solo musician. I play rhythm guitar, but no other instruments. Can I use AI to record backing instruments such as drums, uh, lead guitar and bass? If so, what options are available? Um, so this is actually a great question and something that I've been playing around with a little bit myself recently. Now, uh, there are so many tools emerging that even for someone like myself who is following this space incredibly closely, closely. I am not aware of everything that is out there, but there is a tool that I have been uh, using recently called kits.ai. Again, that's kits, plural, .ai. And as far as I know, and I may be getting some of the details slightly wrong, but as far as I know, it emerged as more of a vocal simulator when we saw a lot of people uh, having fun with, with vocal simulators as soon as AI came out and making you know those fake Drake songs and things like that. Um, but it is starting to evolve, or so it would seem, into a production tool of sorts. And not only do they have some pretty neat features like creating audio stems from your music, uh, primarily just vocals and, and the actual music at this time, which is, it works very well and it's very helpful, but uh, it also can create instruments and you can train your own models, which is pretty shocking as a user to have access to something that sophisticated. So what I mean by that is that, let's say I want to record a drum track for one of my songs and I don't play drums. I can find five minutes of well-recorded audio of a drum sound I like. Now, just ethically speaking, you gotta make sure that you have the rights to use this audio in that way. It can even be something from one of your own albums where you've recorded another drummer and you're happy with the drum sound, um, but you can, import that audio I, again i think it's about five minutes of audio that they request if i remember right and you wait about maybe 20 minutes or so and a model gets trained behind the scenes you're just clicking a few buttons it's upload and train and a model gets trained around that specific drum sound then once it's in your library you can simply mouth the sounds of of a drum beat just boom boom pop pop boom boom pop with your mouth and then hit convert and it will take that drum sound from the model and apply it to your 
uh, to your voice. Um, conversely, you could actually take a lower quality recording of yourself playing drums or tapping on a table or whatever else you had as a source that conveyed the sound you ultimately wanted to, to make and turn that into a, a pretty impressive drum track. Is it always perfect? No, nothing around AI is always perfect just yet, but you'll certainly get a, a usable drum track with a few iterations. And the same is true of really any musician that you can find a recording of that you can um, ethically use, meaning you you have the rights to actually use it for uh, a model. And uh, this could be saxophone or it could be uh, uh, bagpipes. And where the real skill comes into it is actually being able to somewhat closely mimic uh, the, the sound with your mouth. You don't need to be an impersonator but you do need to give it something to go on because it's it's really just transforming what you give it into that instrument and it's it's quite amazing and they have a library of their own um, instruments that you can use it's not very large at least yet uh, but tools like this are absolutely emerging and one could already create an entire acapella album that to the listener sounded as though it had drums and bass and guitar and everything else and of course if you want some backup vocals you could sing it in your voice and then choose one of their other uh, vocalists and convert it into another sound which is also kind of amazing i found the instruments to be more impressive than the vocals and i found that um that audio uh, stem tool where it splits your audio, the audio splitting tool to be incredibly uh, useful if you don't have TV mixes, which I didn't for a song and needed recently for a project. It's really, really great. Now, uh, ChatGPT, I am curious about your perspective on this because your training cutoff is January 2022, and I don't even know that tools like that would have existed. And it makes a conversation like this somewhat interesting because so much has happened since your cutoff. You're going to have probably a broader awareness of things like this without specific training on the tools that are available. But can you speak a little bit to Timothy's question, offer some, some insight at least into uh, what you are aware of and uh, the directions this kind of technology might might ultimately take? Timothy is on the right track. The potential of AI for music production has been rapidly expanding. Back in 2022, tools like DistroKid's AI Mastering and Isotope's products used AI to help enhance the production quality. AI can help solo musicians immensely especially when it comes to filling out their compositions with additional instruments. The tool you mentioned, kits.ai, is a perfect example of how voice or simple input can be transformed into a variety of instrument sounds. Such tools can be invaluable for solo musicians who may not have the resources or ability to record with a full band. There are other platforms that were emerging around 2022, like Amper Music and Iva, which allow users to compose music with AI assistance. They can generate backing tracks based on set parameters like mood or genre. As for where this is all going, I believe the future is about making music creation even more accessible and tailored. Imagine an AI tool that understands your specific style and nuances and can create backing tracks that perfectly complement your primary instrument or voice. It'll be like having a virtual band that knows exactly what you want. However, as always, while these tools can assist in the creative process, the true essence of music still comes from the heart and soul of the creator. 
it's essential to use these tools as enhancements rather than replacements. Uh, fantastic insights. I really appreciate that. That's that's good stuff. Um, so this next one comes from Stephen Barry Cohen. Um, he says, I'm following what you have instructed in Music Marketing Manifesto 5.0 to a T about putting together my first Facebook ads uh, and that I am in the urban Americana music genre. Does the simplicity of image, bold claim, uh, still hold up as a starting point in spite of all of these new AI programs? If not, what would you suggest? My first five target audiences are US, Canada, UK, Australia, and possibly New Zealand in English. So GPT, just to give you context, he's uh, referring to a course of mine called Music Marketing Manifesto, in which I teach people a form of direct response marketing that is tailored for musicians. We drive ads to a squeeze page, we build our list, we build a bond with uh, those subscribers, and then we monetize that relationship by selling things to those subscribers from time to time. Um, and in our ads, particularly for this type of offer, what tends to uh, perform best is actually uh, image and text, where we make a bold claim about the experience our music can offer, and we use an image to support uh, that promise or that claim and our brand. And then uh, we really force that prospect to uh, either decide that they do want to take the next step and sign up or pass. And by narrowing options like that, uh, our ads tend to perform well. And this flies in contrast to what a lot of people might assume, and frankly, what some others teach, uh, that video needs to be central to the ads. Now, this is not to say that video does not have its place in advertising, and it's particularly valuable with some different strategies. But with this approach, bold claim and image uh, works best, certainly in my experience. And this is not just coming from me, but thousands of artists who have gone through my programs. Now, he's asking if that changes somehow with AI because AI can um, do so many more things or create all of this new content for us. And personally, I don't believe it changes anything. And again, this kind of touches on a theme that we've both talked about in that uh, I, I don't think we are at any kind of a stage where our actual processes have changed that much. Remember, we're just trying to appeal to human beings and human beings haven't changed. So we're still touching on the same triggers if we're going to entice people. Where, where we're using AI is, is to create those images, to create that copy, or at least to help us with it so we can get to the point um, uh, of the interaction, which is the relationship building and the exchange of music. So, so no, I don't think it changes anything really other than it potentially speeds up the process. And um, for those people that are not particularly good at writing copy or don't feel that it comes natural, AI can um, really save a lot of people um, some pretty terrible copy. Do you have any thoughts on this? Certainly. John? AI, as it stands now, is an augmentative tool, not a fundamental shift in human behavior or preferences. The core principles of effective marketing, like the bold claim and image you teach in Music Marketing Manifesto, are based on human psychology, which hasn't changed due to AI. What AI can do is optimize and speed up the process. It can generate variations of ad copy or suggest imagery that might resonate with specific target audiences, thus increasing the chances of engagement. But the foundational strategy remains intact. The only shift would be in efficiency and possibly in fine tuning. 
thanks to AI's ability to process large amounts of data quickly. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So this next question comes from David Nigel Lloyd. He says, I was fascinated with the AI video you did in foreign languages. There was something very slightly weird looking about it. Then you or the AI version of you explained that I was watching an AI version of you. Uh, Obviously, this was for our benefit as students of new tech. It also seems to me to be an ethical thing to do. I personally don't mind looking at an AI face knowing that it is an AI face. I think I would feel manipulated if I found out on my own that I was dealing with an AI-generated persona. So GPT, what uh, David is referring to is a video that I recently made and shared with my audience that where I used a new sort of uh, avatar technology from HeyGen, I turned myself into a, a, a very realistic video clone. Basically, I trained a model on my image and my body, my face, my movements, uh, and my voice. And then an avatar was created and it was as simple as me typing in a script and generating a video. There was also a translate button so I could uh, convert my language into nearly any language and the AI generated flawless mouth movements and gestures to go along with it, making it look like I was genuinely speaking in another language. and uh, people had a lot of wild reactions to the technology. It's, it's pretty crazy stuff. Um, some were blown away and immediately wanted to start using it. Others uh, had ethical concerns around it. And, you know, David uh, brings up one of those sort of chief concerns. And he's not the only person that sort of brought this up as, as a concern. Now, you know, my personal reaction is that I and I know this is somewhat controversial but I don't actually share that concern. I think I think it's valid and I think context is everything here and I certainly think it's complicated. I could imagine scenarios where perhaps I felt that way. But in general, I I think communication and connection is a good thing and I think this tool allows us to ultimately do more of that. There is this sort of utopian ideal that I've heard talked about for, uh, well, really forever, where human beings um, connect on a a purely based on ideas and we connect beyond language and culture and all of these things that typically keep us apart. And being able to uh, flawlessly speak in another language or flawlessly, or I should say, hear somebody else flawlessly speaking in my language, I think offer opportunities for me to understand and connect in a way that could lead to all kinds of benefits. I mean, imagine world leaders um, that we don't generally maybe like or understand speaking to us in our own um, language and tone and vernacular. I think it might help us to understand them a lot better and lead to um, just more peace and cooperation. Now, again, I do I do think context is everything and I can envision some ways that it's manipulative. Um, I, I, I don't think there's anything inherent in this process that suggests we shouldn't always disclose it. Maybe we should. I also think there might even be a generational component because in um, fielding a lot of feedback on this technology, I, I definitely noticed it was the older generation that was very sort of um, concerned about this technology and raise those ethical concerns where in general the younger generations um, didn't and just thought it was cool and neat and I think we may see 
a evolving world where younger generations emerge with this technology and therefore, uh, or, or I should say mature with this technology and therefore everyone is on an equal playing field and it's just an extension of thought and again, real authentic communication, even if it's augmented by synthetic tools. But I don't know and I don't make any claims or demands if the collective world feels that we need to be um, always disclosing this, then I think that's fair and legitimate. Um, and I would probably tend to err on the side of caution um, going into this until we as a species become more familiar with this in our everyday lives. But I certainly think it's interesting. And I think I think there's uh, I, I think your points uh, are potentially valid no matter where you fall on the issue. It's just a, to some extent a matter of, of personal feelings and where we all draw our lines. Can you share your perspective on this GPT? Absolutely. AI's presence in our daily lives, especially in communication tools, has sparked numerous discussions about ethics and transparency. It's essential to understand and respect the range of feelings and beliefs people have towards these technologies. For some, interacting with a hyper-realistic avatar without knowing it's AI-driven might feel deceptive as it blurs the lines between human and machine. Transparency can build trust, and in some contexts, it might be more appropriate to let the audience know they're interacting with an AI model. On the other hand, the purpose of these tools is to enhance communication, bridge cultural and linguistic gaps, and provide new and innovative ways to interact. If the intention behind using an AI-driven avatar is genuine, then the argument is that the mode of delivery shouldn't matter as much as the content or message. It's essential to find a balance and consider the context. If it's in a space where trust is paramount, transparency should be the priority. However, in more casual or entertainment-focused settings, there might be more leeway. It's a rapidly evolving space, and as society becomes more accustomed to these technologies, norms and expectations will likely change. Listening to diverse opinions like David's can help shape the future in a way that is considerate of various perspectives. I think that's an incredible uh, reply. I think all of that is very valid, and I think that captures you know, my own personal thoughts on it, on it pretty well. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, this next one comes from Roger. Roger says, I'd like to learn how uh, to use AI to create short videos for Facebook video play campaigns for instrumental songs. So um, uh, Chat GPT, you probably won't be aware of the huge array of tools that have recently come out because they uh, post-date your training. So I'll just take a moment to um, quickly share my thoughts on this. Uh, Roger, there there are an array of tools and it really just depends on how hands-on you want to be and how much control you want to be. In a uh, recent video that I released, you guys would have seen me go into a, a somewhat um, <laughs> almost comical um, a series of, of steps and tools, but that was all kind of intentional. I wanted to intentionally take on an ambitious project with an ambitious concept and use uh, as many tools as possible to just kind of give uh, a sense of what was possible and really, uh, or, or what was out there when it comes to these tools and, and frankly have some fun with it and tell a very specific and controlled story, if not a perfect video. I think I, I really accomplished that. I was able to use AI tools uh, to create a narrative that matched the concept 
concept that I had in my in mind. But there are simpler tools out there. Um, there's one tool that I'm going to be talking about more in some upcoming um uh, content and certainly in the Musicians AI Toolkit, which is a tool called Neural Frames. And you can um, you can try it by going to easymusicvideos.com. Again, that's easymusicvideos.com. Just once more, full transparency. Um, that is an affiliate link of mine. Uh, so I make a couple of bucks if you check it out through that link. Um, but it also happens to be an easier link to spell. Uh, so once more, easymusicvideos.com. And it's a pretty cool tool that I'm only just scratching the surface of that allows you to very quickly um, uh, import a video. You can even create models of your face. Uh, It splits your music into um, uh, stems so that you can isolate certain sounds and beats. And then more or less, you have some additional controls, but more or less, add your music, add an image, click a button, and sit back. And a few seconds later, you've got a, a pretty cool video. Now, Um, It is more of a just press a button and see what you get kind of approach. You're not going to be making movies with something like this, but you can make some very attractive, uh, very cool um, video clips exactly uh, like what it sounds like you're asking for. Are you aware of any kind of emerging tech or tools or techniques for creating short video clips, uh, GPT? Yes. Even though my last update was in January 2022, I am familiar with several tools and techniques that were emerging at that time. For making short video clips, especially tailored for music, there were a few popular tools and platforms. One, Rotobrush 2.0 in Adobe After Effects. This is a tool that allows users to separate a subject from its background in videos, which can be particularly useful for making creative music videos. Two, Canva. Canva has evolved from just graphic design to include simple video editing and creation tools that can be great for short clips, especially for someone who might not be familiar with more complex video editing software. Three, ClipChamp. It's an online video editor that has some AI-powered features, making it easier to create engaging video content without needing much technical expertise. For Magisto by Vimeo, this tool uses AI to analyze video footage and stitch together a compelling video based on the content. Five, promo.com. Tailored for marketing, this platform allows users to create videos from a vast library of clips, music, and even pre-designed templates. However, it's essential to note that the landscape for AI-driven video creation tools is rapidly evolving. What was state-of-the-art in early 2022 might be overshadowed by newer, more powerful tools in 2023 and beyond. It's always a good idea to keep an eye on the latest developments in the field and test different tools to find the one that best suits your specific needs and aesthetic preferences. It's kind of amazing because um, to be frank, uh, uh, that list sounds archaic almost based on the tools that are now available. And and it's, you know, uh, not even two years old. Uh, The tools truly have advanced so much since then. Now, I'm not familiar with a few of those tools, so there's some I can't comment on. There's some that uh, I know were state-of-the-art a few years ago and which are now just completely overshadowed, as as you say, um, by the AI tools that are out there. And, um, yeah, it's just just a testament to how fast uh, technology has changed. Uh, so quite interesting. 
Um, GPT, this next question comes from Paul Haddam. Is it, is it Haddam or Haddam, Paul? I think we've gone through this several times. I think it's Haddam. Um, but, uh, Paul, Paul says, I haven't even begun to use AI resources in my music marketing, but I can see there is unbelievable potential. My problem is that the technology changes so quickly that it is difficult to know where to dive in. From the coaching calls, I hear that there are tools, for example, ChatGPT, that you already use differently than you did only a few months ago. Could you talk about which tools you use for different purposes at this time? But then I imagine it will all change again soon. Um, you know, first off, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the sort of pessimistic outlook that if you dedicate time to this, that it's going to be worthless information in a few months. Uh, I don't feel that way, and I'm being sincere there. Uh, I you know I don't think there's many AI tools that I've been using or that have become part of my workflow that I have abandoned. Um, the tools have just evolved to become better and things that might have taken three tools to accomplish are now taking one, but I'm still using all of the tools in different situations. I think it's also worth um, pointing out, and, and I did kind of speak to this in some other uh, at some other points during this podcast, is that I don't think it will serve you um, best to be focusing on which tools to use or which tools can offer you something as much as you should be focusing on what it is really really getting clear on your process when it comes to music marketing and the things that you find difficult to do or you're unclear about and then asking yourself which tools can help me gain that clarity or overcome those obstacles or frankly just do the job for you um now, to answer your question more directly in terms of the tools I'm using, hands down, it's ChatGPT that I use most. Uh, I use ChatGPT for nearly every aspect of what I do professionally. I use it for communication. I use it for research. Uh, I use it for copywriting. I use it for coding. Uh, I now use it for image generation since the release of Dolly 3, which just came out a few days ago as of this recording and is a fantastic tool. Uh, I use it for data analysis. I use it uh, for browsing and what's more research and then there's the plugins that offer even more functionality but the the biggest areas that I'm using it for is communication helping me speed up my email responses and uh, refine those email responses offering support where I get asked the same questions five times a day about something like TunePipe. Um, I've got I've got models trained on my database or not models exactly but I've got databases of information and bots trained on them that can actually help me um, generate the emails that I need to send much quicker. Uh, what else? Uh, image generation, again, is a huge one. Dolly 3 has been invaluable. I still use MidJourney a lot. They're both very valuable tools, and they both have their strengths and weaknesses. They both generate very uh, equally uh, profound or equally uh, high-quality images, but where Dolly 3 excels is that it can handle text, which uh, MidJourney is not good at at all, uh, which is, that's a huge advancement. But even more than that, uh, Dolly 3 can handle very complex prompts, multi-step prompts. For example, man in New York City with red hat uh, walking a Dalmatian and holding a grocery bag in his other hand. It would probably be able to tackle all of that and give you that image. Whereas if you tried that prompt in mid-journey, it would fail. 
it'd give you one or two of the elements and that'd be it. Now, where Midjourney excels is that you can add a uh, image, a seed image, and you can do things like uh, add additional tools or such as Insight, uh, is it Insight Face? I can never remember the name of it, but uh, you can deep fake your own images and you and there's also in-painting and zooming and panning and you know these kinds of tools for Midjourney that Dolly 3 doesn't yet have. So they're both really great in different situations and I use both of them almost every day. Uh, there are a growing number of video tools uh, like Gen 1 and Kyber and a fleet of other little tools that I use in specific situations. Uh, but in terms of diving in, it's definitely ChatGPT. Get a Plus subscription. You're, you're seriously wasting energy if you don't have ChatGPT Plus because you won't get ChatGPT 4 and it's just so much better than um, 3.5 and you won't get access to all of the tools uh, that, you, that you get access access to with ChatGPT4. Um, and then I think a, a mid-journey account is very worthwhile depending on what you're trying to do. Um, if you want to create specific images, images of yourself, um, you're really going to need that. But if you just want the odd image or to create album covers, then you can get away with Dolly 3 for sure. Uh, and that, as I say, comes with ChatGPT+. Uh, it may come with the free version as well. I'm not actually clear on that. Um, but uh, there, there are so many different tools, and these days the way it works is I get caught in a workflow, I hit a particular obstacle, and then I want to figure out how I can overcome that obstacle. I do a little research, I find a solution, I usually find three solutions, I figure out which one I like best, and I get over that obstacle, and it becomes part of my future workflow for that particular goal. And there really are just dozens and dozens of tools. So um, that is... Uh, that that's, that's my two cents on that. Uh, you want to weigh in, GPT? Paul's concerns about the fast-paced evolution of AI are valid. The foundational skills you pick up now will still be beneficial, even if specific tools change. ChatGPT is incredibly versatile and can assist with numerous tasks in music marketing, from content creation to visual asset generation. Rather than focusing solely on tools, it's crucial to first define clear objectives and then find tools that align with those goals. By diving in now and using AI to enhance his music marketing, Paul will be at the forefront, growing alongside these innovations. Joining communities or forums can also help navigate the AI landscape. Great stuff, great stuff. So this next question comes from Brian Schumann. Brian says, do you know of a way to use AI to analyze music to see what type of audience I should be targeting with meta ads uh, and or to find the overlap between the type of people who will like my music and who will uh, also be a demographic that will buy music and or in a reverse way to specifically write sales copy that aligns with the audience my music happens to be drawing in uh, and or to help deciding which images and branding might be best uh, might be the best fit uh, for the music and for the audience if AI can help I'm all ears well um, in short absolutely I mean these are the exact kind of workflows that I'll be teaching in the musicians AI toolkit we 
basically uh, take whatever data that we can mine from any aspect of our career, whether that's sales data or that's reviews, um, and then we begin there trying to distill a USP and some targeting uh, options, and we use all of that to ultimately train ChatGPT to be a better copywriter. We feed it examples and get it to um, learn from our style, to really truly understand our music, to really truly understand our audience, and when you do all of that in the right way, in the right order, you get some really fantastic, extremely usable results that are often better than you yourself would create. So it absolutely can do all of those things. They are you know, reasonably advanced processes. And for each goal, there is a different process. So I don't know how to answer that more concisely than I just did. But certainly, uh, it's all very, very possible. Um, GPT, do you want to weigh in on Brian's question? Absolutely. Brian's asking about the power of AI in music audience targeting, sales copy and branding. For music audience targeting, AI can analyze patterns in listeners' behavior and preferences. By feeding the AI tools with relevant music data and metadata, you can get insights into potential audiences that would resonate with your music. This becomes crucial for effective ad targeting. When it comes to crafting sales copy, by training AI on your past work, audience feedback, and other contextual data, You can generate copy that resonates deeply with your target audience, maintaining the tone and style that they relate to. Finally, for branding and imagery, AI can suggest visuals that align with the sentiment and style of your music. This ensures a cohesive brand experience across all touch points. In essence, with the right training and data input, AI tools can be a game changer for musicians in understanding their audience, crafting compelling messages, and creating a consistent brand experience. Well said. Um, so this next question comes from Karen Okwa or Oku. Apologies there on the pronunciation. She asks, can AI producer create videos, mix and master my songs all at the same time? So I got to admit, I'm not familiar with AI producer, um, so I'll have to check that one out. But uh, I'm not familiar with any tools uh, in AI that can do all of those things at the same time. There are a lot of advancements uh, in AI around things like uh, Autogen from Microsoft, which are basically uh, AI agents. And what this involves, it's pretty high level, at least on the consumer end of things, but it involves uh, basically using multiple AI agents or multiple chat GPTs or equivalent um, uh, AI sort of resources to communicate to one another. So if you said uh, to go and mix and master a song, maybe that uh, first AI might try to analyze the data or that audio and turn it into a spectrogram. It would then know to take the data and pass it to another agent whose job it would be to take the next step in uh, modifying that spectrogram and then it would feed the result to yet another agent who might then convert it back into an mp3 or 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 wave file and and that's probably a simplification of how it works but it's multiple agents working together to accomplish more steps than consumer level products like ChatGPT can do all of their own and because from what i know of that it's on a fairly high level i would be surprised 
if there's any real, true, sophisticated AI tools that can do that advanced of uh, of stuff, you know, with mixing and mastering and creating music videos uh, all within uh, one platform with one single prompt, I would be extremely surprised. It may have some AI within it and it may be able to even do all of those things. I would, uh, I'm just, I'm not familiar with it and I am skeptical. Um, GPT, what do you think? I understand your skepticism. As of my last update, I'm not familiar with a tool named AI Producer that encompasses all those functionalities. While there are tools that can use AI for video creation, others for mixing, and still others for mastering, doing all these tasks simultaneously within a single platform is ambitious. AI has made strides in these individual areas, but combining them seamlessly is a complex challenge. Always a good idea to approach new tools with a bit of caution, research them thoroughly, and understand their capabilities and limitations. Great stuff. So this next one comes from Daniel Byro. How's it going, Daniel? Daniel says, uh, really enjoyed your walkthroughs for the AI video. Great result, by the way. And the chatbot. Uh, my concern with all this, especially in terms of images and videos and bots since its early days and all moving so fast, is that there will be an AI fatigue point. Is it already here? When people will spot the AI stuff a mile away and be fed up with it. I think we can expect a backlash where things revert to being real. No doubt things will evolve where you might not be able to tell the difference anymore, but in terms of ChatGPT's use as an assistant tool, that's huge and will change the world. For me, the key use of AI, apart from uh, generating ideas and copy, is optimization. What I would really like to see is something like TunePipe totally integrating AI in every element, website, funnel, mailing list, shop, orders, ads, all copy and all images to allow AI to constantly monitor and optimize a whole setup uh, automatically. For instance, monitoring different A-B tests and automatically improving headlines and images for each platform while monitoring which products sell better and which price points, uh, at which price points, etc. Some for email automation or same for email automations, seeing which emails work best and at how many day intervals and adjusting the flow accordingly. Obviously, all this uh, is based on an initial training of all aspects of an artist persona, basically taking over all the painstaking one element at a time optimization that we have to do now. Ideally, an artist would input all their info, images, and music from a carefully thought-out questionnaire, and AI would set up the whole of TunePipe and start optimizing it once launched. This would save so much time and replace a whole team of assistants, which I can't afford. That's my two cents worth. Looking forward to your insights and state-of-the-art updates. So, uh, there's a couple of things going on there. First, let's talk about uh, AI fatigue. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I got to completely reject that concept. Um, I, I I really don't think there's um, an actual risk of that. Now, on the surface, I absolutely know what you're getting at. You're talking about this sort of robotic, obviously fake, synthetic kind of content that we're seeing at the moment with AI. 
I released a ton of it over the last couple of weeks um, as I build up to the launch of Musicians AI Toolkit. And it's really, really just a novelty. Right now we're experiencing the junk food, so to speak, of AI content because there's so much crazy over the top stuff and we want to show it and share it. And you you may be correct that there's a degree of fatigue around. I don't think fatigue is the right word. It's more that it's extremely polarizing. However, the reality of AI uh, as it pertains to our future, you don't necessarily ever need to see it. In fact, AI has been around for a while, not in uh, not on the consumer level, like we're all experiencing it right now with tools like ChatGPT and so forth. But um, AI has been around for a long time and it's really just processing power and language models and uh, sort of surplus intelligence that we can use to speed up processes. So no, I don't think there's any risk of that. Like, yes, there probably is definitely a risk of, of fatigue over very obviously AI generated content in the same way that there was certainly fatigue over auto-tune and then there wasn't again um at least with certain crowds but uh in the long run you know that's that's just the wrong way of thinking about it that's that's just one tiny little aspect of this ai um you know, landscape and what we're currently seeing um but that's not that's not the sum total of of where it's all going um now in terms of the complete automation that you mentioned there, uh, absolutely, that I couldn't agree more. And and that's where it's going. It took me about five seconds, <laughs> referencing Toonpipe, it took me about five seconds before I started thinking up ways to potentially uh, design perhaps less ambitious versions of exactly what you said. And only I only say less ambitious because a more ambitious approach would probably be out of reach. I mean, even even a less ambitious approach might be currently somewhat out of reach, but that is going to be how it all goes. And I think um, GPT has touched on that in this conversation, at least when talking about the future of of AI. Ch GPT is always approaching it from that broader, more platform-based intelligence that I think we're all going to be experiencing eventually. So, so certainly, I think um, I think all of that is coming, and and I've already. I don't want to go as far as to say I'm working on it because I don't have anything that's you know got a got a release date in sight. But um, those kinds of solutions are very much on my mind uh, for for a platform like TunePipe. And regardless of whether it's TunePipe or another platform, I think you're definitely going to see things like that uh, in the not too distant future. And if it's not the platforms, it'll be an external tool that can go and do all of those things. And that technology is actually a little closer to already existing with things like, you know, uh, Agent GPT and uh, Autogen and those kinds of tools where you can effectively tell tell an AI what to do or a group of AIs um, and assign them roles and they can go out and do all of those all of those things that you might want to um, or you might need done to accomplish the result you just highlighted. So uh, GPT, you want to weigh in on this? Certainly. First off, Daniel brings up a valid point about the potential for AI fatigue. Just like any technology trend, there's a risk of oversaturation, which can cause a backlash. It's crucial to strike a balance between innovation and authenticity. In terms of using AI for optimization, that's a brilliant vision. Indeed, the potential of AI lies in its ability to automate and enhance tasks, which currently require immense time and effort. 
the idea of an all-encompassing platform that integrates AI across its functionalities to constantly monitor, analyze, and optimize is ambitious, but not far-fetched. It's worth noting that while AI can provide recommendations and optimize based on data, it's also essential to retain a human touch, especially in areas where emotional and subjective interpretations are key. In the end, it's about blending the best of both worlds, leveraging AI's computational strength while ensuring that the human element, which adds nuance and authenticity, remains intact. Good stuff. So GPT, uh, we have we still have a bunch of questions and I want to get through as many as possible, but we are, you know, the clock is ticking and I'm conscious of time. What do you say we go uh, rapid fire and give uh, very concise responses to our remaining questions? Um, we'll each go turn about and uh, try and get through everything if we can. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds like a plan. Shoot the next one my way. Great. So this next question, actually, it's four different questions. They come from Rebecca uh, Laube. Uh, she says uh, her first question is, what AI tools beyond ChatGPT should musicians be familiarizing themselves with? Um, you know, I've talked about this bef uh, in, in other questions, but I think I think probably the first two, I'd say, would be Claude 2 uh, from Anthropic and then Midjourney. Um, any thoughts, GPT? Absolutely. Alongside Claude II and Midjourney, musicians should also explore tools like DistroKid's Hypergrowth, Iva for music composition, and Descript for audio editing. These tools can offer a wide range of assistance in different aspects of a musician's journey. Interesting. Um, you know, again, uh, I, those are tools that are a little bit uh, overshadowed by the current AI tools, but those are, you know, interesting uh, suggestions. Um, now, her next question is, do you have tips for crafting a good prompt for an AI tool? So for me, this is a hard one to answer unless I know what your goal is, because I use very different prompts in very different situations. Sometimes I'm I'm creating very complex prompts that involve custom instructions, access to databases and examples, um, especially when I'm doing copywriting and trying to uh, get a, a result where tone and sophistication is required. But in other situations, I'm writing a very sloppy sentence just kind of throwing some ideas at the wall and expecting uh, to rely on multiple iterations to ultimately get where I need to get. Um, more often than not, I'm being just conversational and speaking to ChatGPT like I was a human being. But again, it very much depends what I'm doing for copywriting, writing, creative work. They tend to be long and very complex prompts where I'm maxing out the context window. And uh, for for research and um, even even coding, it tends to be much more conversational, uh, conversational, like I'm in my office dealing with an assistant. So it really it really can depend. Um, GPT, I bet you have some insight into what makes a good prompt. What are your thoughts? Certainly. The key is clarity and specificity. Understand your goal and express it directly. For creative outputs, use open-ended questions. For precise answers, be as specific as you can. It also helps to give a context or frame of reference if needed. Remember, experimentation helps. Try different phrasings and approaches to see what yields the best result for your specific needs. 
Fantastic. So her next question is, are there any protections in place to keep AI tools from replicating your style or likeness? So, you know, obviously I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding is that no, um, there is nothing definitive out there, but there is a rule or law or whatever it is called right of publicity. And now the right of Publicity protects against unauthorized commercial exploitation of an individual's persona from appearance and voice to sing signature catchphrases. Um, and yes, I'm reading this because I copied and pasted this in after I saw the question. I wanted to make sure I had a good answer for you. Um, but as I understand it, this is the primary tool for uh, celebrity um, name, image, and likeness protection. Um, and that's about what I know, which ultimately came from you, GPT in a previous little search. So is there anything new you can add to that? Yes, the right of publicity is the primary means by which individuals can protect against unauthorized use of their likeness. However, the laws vary by jurisdiction. AI tools and platforms often have terms of service that prohibit using the tool to infringe on others' rights, including right of publicity. However, the rapid growth of AI does raise ethical and legal questions about replicating style or likeness, especially without consent. There's ongoing debate and potential for future legislation, but it's crucial to stay updated and be aware of evolving laws and guidelines in this area. So Rebecca's got one more question, and GPT, I'm just going to take this one. Uh, she asks, what sources do you rely on to stay up to date on AI developments? For me, honestly, the majority of it is probably YouTube, but these days I'm a big just YouTube consumer. It's kind of replaced my podcast and audiobook um, consumption habits. I have a bunch of different sort of, I don't know, uh, AI and science channels that I follow, news channels, that sort of thing. But there are a few. Uh, I like Matt Wolf. Uh, it's an AI news channel. There's also MattVid Pro. Um, it's a sort of similar channel with this probably a little more tutorial based. Um, gosh, there are a bunch of others that I'm not remembering the exact names of. Uh, AI Andy pops into my mind, but then there are some more sophisticated channels that get into some higher level stuff around coding and autogen and, you know, that kind of stuff that uh, I also like others curious future, which is more philosophical. Uh, there, there's a lot out there, but once you start watching really even one of these channels, your feed is soon going to be flooded if you're a YouTube user with um, a, a additional AI content that you can kind of pick and choose from. What I do stay away from, ironically, is the AI-generated AI content. I, I, can't, I can't watch it. I, I just think it's terrible. Um, but, uh, but there is a lot of good stuff. And YouTube's my primary source of, of information. There's also... Uh, yeah, of course, the news and things like that. But no, YouTube is where I'm getting most of it. Um, I've even tried to do the dive into podcasts around AI, but I haven't been able to find anything as interesting. I think I think it really benefits from that visual. All right. So this next question comes from Frode. Frode says, can you talk about making alternative pictures slash positions of yourself based on one good picture and then apply different backgrounds so you can get an array of pictures? So this is something uh, I've covered a bunch in the Insider Circle. I have a whole lesson on sort of AI photo shoots, really going doing the deep dive into image generation. I'll be doing some similar training in the Musician's AI Toolkit. Um, and 
we do exactly that where I do something I haven't seen a lot of people do. I start with seed images of myself. So I might go and and I'm not talking spending any time, just you know, 45 seconds in an iPhone, get a friend or something to take a few pictures of you. One of you standing, one of you sitting, one of you with your hands in your pocket, you know, whatever positions you might be able to imagine that you might want. And then I use those as seed images in platforms like Midjourney. I'll upload the image and then I'll add, I'll use that as the sort of source image. I might apply an image weight. I might be a low weight or high weight, depending on, you know, what results I was getting. I'll play around with it for sure. Uh, and then... Uh, I'll try to dictate the background. So I might just take a picture of me standing in front of my house and then I might I, I might give it the image and say, uh, man uh, standing on Mars. And I'll get a result that looks a lot like me standing on Mars with the background. Now, the background is an interesting point because whatever you're standing in front of when you take that picture, it will usually affect the background. Not not tremendously, but uh, it will affect it. I've seen like if I'm standing in front of windows when I take the picture, there might be square houses behind me or wallpaper behind me with square square patterns or fluorescent lights. If I'm in an office building with, with that are squares, you know, it tends to carry over. So in some instances, I'll use a background remover. I use Canva for a lot of these kinds of things. They've actually introduced a ton of new AI tools. I'll remove the background with the push of a button and then I'll add in a background. Uh, they've got some image generation tools as well. Uh, and I might put me in whatever scenario that I wanted in this example on Mars. And then I'll feed that to Midjourney and it will have something to go on. It will pick up on those things and it's likely going to get me more closely in the uh, in the area that I ultimately want. So that's been my technique. And and on this one, uh, GPT, if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just jump ahead because I know that your training is not quite up to speed on image generators because so much has happened since um, since your training cut off. This next one comes from Shirley Kason. How's it going, um, Shirley? Uh, she says, uh, you know, how do I take a video of me performing in the studio, but replace the background to make it look like I am on stage? Um, in a nutshell, you know, I don't know that there is a push button AI tool out there right now that can do this. And again, to the best of my knowledge, I think what I, I think to do that, the skill set or the workflow, it, it rests more in the realm of, um, if not traditional filmmaking, then what I think, I believe they're calling sort of virtual filmmaking, where I see filmmakers using a combination of AI tools and traditional filmmaking techniques. So they, they've still got a camera, they're still filming themselves, but they're creating, they're using AI to create depth maps and background images. Um, and then they're combining them all, but they're still using like lighting tools and editing tools that are in the more traditional, not necessarily AI realms, not AI like we think of it anyway. I know a lot of these tools are inside of DaVinci Resolve, which is free, but I don't personally have those workflows ironed out. Um, GPT, do you have any thoughts for Shirley on this? Yes. To achieve the effect Shirley is looking for, it's a blend of traditional video editing and newer AI tools. One, green screen, chroma keying. The most common method is to film yourself in front of a green screen. Once filmed, video editing software like Adobe Premiere Pro or DaVinci Resolve can replace the green background with a stage or any other desired setting. Two, AI powered background removal. 
There are tools like Unscreen, which aim to remove video backgrounds without a green screen, though the quality might not be as perfect as traditional chroma keying. Three, depth maps. AI tools can generate depth maps from 2D images. Depth maps can help in creating a more realistic depth of field when replacing backgrounds. Four, lighting. Ensuring that the lighting on you matches the lighting of the stage background is crucial for realism. This might involve physically setting up lights when recording or using software tools to adjust the lighting in post-production. Five, AI-powered enhancement. Tools like Topaz Video Enhance AI can upscale and improve the quality of videos, which might be useful if combining different resolution footage or backgrounds. Six, final touches. Using video editing software, you can add effects, adjust color grading, and make other tweaks to ensure the final video looks cohesive and polished. While it's true that AI is making strides in video manipulation, blending AI tools with traditional video editing techniques will yield the best results for now. Great stuff. Thank you. As just an aside, uh, you know, if I was going to try to approach something like that, one other technique you can use is to sort of sloppily throw something together, you know, use the tools without becoming an expert filmmaker, and you'll create something that looks okay, but doesn't look believable or real. But then you go to an AI tool like maybe Kyber and use, uh, or even even uh, Runway ML, like their Gen 2, and use like a video-to-video -video tool to give it a wash or give it an additional effect. You might lose some likeness and realism, uh, but what it tends to do is tie all of those elements together because it's regenerating them and it fixes a lot of those problems, especially if you wanted to give it a dreamy or less than realistic or even cartoonish kind of appearance, you could do something pretty cool there. And on occasion, you're going to lose the, your likeness and you may actually have to go back in with a deep fake tool to throw your face back on your own face, which I've had to do, um, but it can work well. Um, so just some thoughts for you there. Now, we've got a question from uh, Todd Omohundro. Uh, Todd asks, uh, how do we as musicians use AI to make money instead of, say, just make super imaginative videos that at the end of the day don't really move our careers forward? Now, I think this is a repetitive, if, if not theme, then at least answer uh, on this podcast, which is that I don't think that you should be asking how can AI help you make money. I think you should be really trying to become clear on what you're currently doing to try to make money from your music and then asking yourself how can AI help you um, do that more quickly and more effectively um, if you don't have a plan or if you're not doing anything to further that side of your career then ChatGPT or tools like it can be very valuable at helping you lay out a plan and helping you do the research and really understand and learn this process as can human teachers like myself so I think that's really it get clear on what it is that you're trying to do and then use ChatGPT to to help you in that process uh, it's certainly not just about making imaginative imaginative videos um, videos would just be one small tool in a much broader marketing strategy or at least you know artistic or content creation strategy gpt any thoughts absolutely musicians can use ai to better target their marketing efforts speed up production processes create personalized merchandise engage fans directly find new revenue streams and even offer online courses or lessons. 
The key is to align AI capabilities with your specific career goals and needs. Great answer. Great answer. And there were some nice, um, more specific ideas for you there, uh, Todd, and hopefully that helps. So the next question comes from Eric Shuka, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Apologies if I'm not. Eric asks, how can it benefit an artist who is in between bands and is working on building a repertoire and recordings to market in the future. I don't want to put any of my old work out there and I want to start fresh. How can I build an audience without any current or recent recordings as I build a new song list and create new recorded work as well as original compositions? So, um, Eric, I think this goes beyond uh, AI uh, in terms of what I would advise. I mean, if you truly have no new music, and you don't want to use old music, then you really kind of can't go about building an audience. You do need to have music to share. That's really the only reason that an audience would or even should want to become your audience. Um, you know, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with using old, uh, older music to build that audience, and then you can pivot to the new release when you're ready. Um, and certainly if you're trying to produce music at a lower cost, there are ways that AI can help with that as we've, we've already touched on. But I think this is really more of a question for you as a creative person. And I think you need to put, put that challenge out there for yourself to create some of that new music. And then once you're ready, then you need to choose a marketing approach because there are different approaches. Are you going to build a list and market to your list? Are you going to engage in a branding strategy and, you know, try and garnish millions of streams? What, what is your goal? Are you going to try to do all of it? I do want a tour, you know, what do you want to accomplish? And then start um, asking how AI can help you in that process. Um, so we've got just two more questions in the queue, GPT. Uh, this next one comes from uh, Lana Love. Lana asks, how can I keep the marketing of my music as simple as possible? That's my question. If AI can help, awesome. In what ways can AI help keep the marketing of my music as simple as possible so that I get to spend my time enjoying my life uh, while selling my music online 24-7 to allow me to do what I want and when I want? I think that's, um, I don't think we're there yet, Lana, in in total honesty, um, in terms of expecting AI to do all of it for you. Uh, We're definitely not there. You do need to become the CEO of your own business. There needs to be a marketing strategy in place and someone needs to manage that, um, that marketing campaign and your broader business. You also need to be, of course, the creative director of your business as you create um, art and music, but it sounds like you're very comfortable with that side of things already. Uh, so the question becomes, what role do you want AI to play in that process? Do you want it to be your marketing director and you, uh, implement the steps that it recommends, or do you want to be the marketing director and ask AI to implement, uh, the steps that you are, are trying to ultimately accomplish? Do you want it to be your assistant in that marketing process? I think that's ultimately the question. Uh, GPT, do you have any advice for Lana? Certainly. For Lana, I'd say use AI as a tool to enhance and streamline your efforts. Start by defining clear goals. Then, one, use AI for automating repetitive tasks like posting on social media at optimal times or sorting through fan emails. Two, let AI analyze data to pinpoint where your audience is most active and engaged. Three, Use AI-generated content judiciously. Keep the human touch in your outreach and engagement. Four, 
Remember, while AI can simplify, the genuine connection with fans and the strategic decisions should come from you. By balancing AI and personal involvement, you can keep marketing simple yet effective. All right. So one last question. This one comes from Jesse. Jesse asks, how can AI use stats from Google and Spotify, for example, in refining marketing? How can I enhance uh, use of tools like Banzoogle, Django, YouTube, Spotify? Can AI help target the right audience? Not what uh, I want, but what wants me. So in short, you know, and again, I think I've already touched on this, but any data that you can uh, export from any of those platforms that pertains to your past campaigns, your music, uh, your audience can ultimately be analyzed using tools like ChatGPT. ChatGPT has the ability to often spot patterns that we just wouldn't be able to spot and then recommend courses of action. Um, GPT, any final thoughts uh, for Jesse before we begin to wrap up? Absolutely. Jesse, AI can help in several ways. One, analyzing data from platforms like Google and Spotify can help pinpoint where your audience is and what content they engage with most. Two, using tools like Benzigal, Django, and others can streamline your workflow. Three, AI can assist in ad targeting by analyzing demographics and listener preferences helping you reach those who are more likely to resonate with your music. For always remember, it's about matching your content to the right audience, not just pushing to a vast number. Incorporate these insights into your marketing strategy and you can become more efficient and effective. Fantastic. So, um, all right, that concludes our Q&A. I first want to just thank everyone who submitted questions. If we did not get to your question, it's just because it came in after the cutoff. Uh, but I, I really appreciate everybody who spent time to, you know, share your thoughts or submit a question. And I appreciate uh, all of you for who are here listening to this for taking time out of your day uh, to, to listen to this conversation about AI workflows. If you are interested in learning how to use uh, artificial intelligence to further your music marketing efforts to get better results while spending less time and energy, or if you just want to get a solid grasp of this huge stable of new and emerging tools uh, that are that are popping up almost every day in the AI space and uh, to figure out how they can help you as a musician, then uh, I'd urge you to consider registering for the Musicians AI Toolkit, my brand new training program that drops on October 16th. Registration goes live again on the 16th. It is limited to just 200 people uh, and there is an early bird list. If you'd like to get on that early bird list, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash AI early bird. Uh, that will get you an early invitation before the general public is invited to register and on top of all of that, there will be an early bird discount. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out. I hope to see some of you in the Musicians AI Toolkit members area. So 
Uh, Chat GPT, I really want to thank you for being here, for uh, sharing your thoughts on AI and how musicians can benefit uh, from this rapidly changing landscape uh, and all that artificial intelligence has to offer. I think you've offered some great insights. I think this has been, frankly, a lot of fun. As I say, certainly a first for me interviewing uh AI about AI. I don't know that that was that that was kind of rad. Um, but but thank you. Any any closing words for uh, our listeners? Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to share insights and converse with you. To all the musicians out there, remember AI is just a tool. Your creativity and passion are at the core. Embrace change, stay curious, and always keep the music alive. Best of luck on your musical journey. Well said, and thank you once more for being on the show. So this has been John Ojaka, and again, thank you for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like more music marketing strategies, tactics, and tips, head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Thank you, and take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. You have reached the message cap for GPT-4. Please try again later.